All right, and welcome to another exciting episode, another fire episode of Sports Bears from an agent's perspective. Right, you're with your host, uh, Zila, aka Chester Mbekela. And uh, yeah, episode number 71, man, we've entered the 70s in terms of, you know, podcast episodes. And man, I couldn't be, I couldn't be more happy. I couldn't be more excited because, you know, I really believe that, um, you know, as a po- you know, sports agent and podcaster, I'm kind of, you know, I'm growing in this space. You know, this is one of those things where you honestly, it's a learn as you go type of process, you know. And um, yeah, so I can definitely say to you, I'm not the same podcaster I was um, from episode one, which was last year. I think it was October 1st was when I recorded my first episode. Um, I actually got a reminder from um, um, Anchor FM who were letting me know that, yeah, I'm celebrating one year of the existence of my podcast, Sports Bears, from an agent's perspective. And um, one thing I can tell you is, yeah, I'm definitely not the same podcaster as I was. Um, You know, Chester, Zilla, basically in episode 71 is definitely not the same podcaster as Zila from episode one a lot of growth a lot of things that I've had to learn you know as I've gone on and I think but one thing though that I'm I'm glad I've been able to keep is just you know the authenticity um, around my knowledge of you know sports and professional sports in general you know Um, there's no there's no faking it you know with this thing and I think one of the things that's been my superpower throughout, you know, bringing you guys these episodes is the fact that, you know, I've been in the sports industry for as long as I can remember, you know. If I don't uh, count my school days, like as soon as I finished high school, I was, you know, I in, like I entered an academy, you know. It's not one of those. I never had the normal student experience that most students have like where they finish high school and then they go off to university and you know they act crazy and it's you know it's just a time in their lives where they just get to misbehave um and just live the normal student life eat junk and blah 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 and blah 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 nah for me as soon as i finished high school i went straight into an academy where i was waking up at 5 30 6 o'clock in the morning to you know hit the gym and basically um, I started the journey within the industry of professional sports at age 19, pretty much, you know, and um, when I walked away from it in 2019 at the age of 30, um, yeah, I, no, 29, sorry, was I 31 or 30 in 2019? Um, yeah, I was 31, <laughs> I was 31, um, yeah, so when I walked away from it from the age of 31, um, I felt like I had amassed so much knowledge because I got to see so much, you know, I got to see so much, I got to experience so much, I got to see the world through, you know, pro and semi-pro sports. So that's why when I started the podcast, I was very confident in my ability because I felt like I'd already lived this life, you know, everything I bring to you guys as sporting content isn't something that I'm imagining. No, it's stuff. Pretty, half the time, it's stuff that I've either seen or been through myself. You know. Um, yeah, but not discrediting anyone who's into podcasting and they, you know, podcasting about sports, and they didn't play sports. Like I'm not discrediting anyone. Anybody can talk about um, sports. I mean, you get people who are sports fanatics who follow a certain sports, who research and who know statistics. Um, type of thing so I'm never gonna shit on those guys or look down upon them you know everybody's got their own journey in this podcasting space and um, yeah man look what I love about it is that there's enough for everybody to benefit enough for everybody to eat you just need to know what angle you're coming with and um, yeah customize it and make it your own thing all right right so in today's episode um, again following up from episode 17 We're going to be talking strictly football today. We're going to only be talking football. Um, Yeah, so that's pretty much it. Not focusing mostly on the J-League. We're going to talk about football on a global spectrum. 
All right. But before we get into that. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you think you might be feeling depressed, stressed, anxious, or overwhelmed, BetterHelp is here to help. I know, you know, from my personal experience, man, when I was an athlete, when I was a player, you know, there'd be times I would go through, you know, feelings of like stress and anxiety, you know, stress to perform, you know, stress to play well, to make sure you play for that next contract. And, you know, I really wish that I had had, you know, certain like avenues to really vent and get out these frustrations and just have an objective party to talk to, right? BetterHelp, man, it's a platform that offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you through, you know, your tough time or whatever you're going through. Now, you're able to talk to your therapist in private, um, in an online environment at your convenience. So it's literally therapy um, wherever you may be, you know. Um, there's a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 20,000 plus therapists network that gives you access to help that may not be available in your area. You just fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs and then uh, you get matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Imagine that, under 48 hours. Then you schedule a secure video and phone sessions and then uh, plus you can exchange unlimited messages with your therapist um, and everything you share is 100% and completely confidential. Right? What I've found helpful, man, with using the platform um, like BetterHelp, again, you know, is just the response time. That if you're going through something, um, you're able to talk with your therapist and share it right there and then. You know, my therapist, uh, Mark, is so efficient, um, and I'm really um, happy that I'm working with him. All right, and then you can actually also request a new therapist at no additional charge anytime if the current, like the current um, therapist that you matched with doesn't work out for you. All right, so you don't need to stress and feel like you're trapped with one therapist. You can actually request to change. So join the 2 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Special offer to Sports Bears from an agent's perspective, podcast listeners. So you get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash kzmbekela. Right? That's betterhelp.com slash kzmbekela. E-K-E-L-A, Bekela. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. All right, and welcome back. Um, hope you guys didn't flake on me. <laughs> I know I've said this in past episodes, but uh, you know I love you, man. You know I'm kidding. Um, yeah, so as I said before, we took a break that um, we're definitely today going to be talking about soccer, football, you know, depending on what, you know, where in the world you are and how you refer to the sport. And what we're actually going to talk about today is the impact, you know, on the impact on the league, you know, when teams are relegated or when a team is relegated, you know. Um, and before I go into this, man... You know, it's been such a crazy ride. Like, just before I talk more about this, I'm so happy that I'm able to actually create um, a second episode this week for you guys. Because over the past couple of weeks, I've only been able to release like one episode a week because things have been so crazy busy. Like, so hectically busy, guys. Um, You know, when you're running a sports agency, one man... um, and, you know, you're trying to basically get off the ground and stuff like that. So many things are pulling you in so many directions. And it requires, all of it requires your attention. So I've been hectically busy with that. Um, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but, you know, good news that I actually wanted to share is the fact that, you know, MAG Sports Agency Athlete Network, 
you know, formerly known as just Mbekela Agency Group. Well, the MAG still stands for Mbekela Agency Group. So the full name now of the agency is MAG, Sports Agency Athlete Network. And we are now officially registered as a business in two countries. All right. We're registered in Japan, obviously, where the business was founded. The agency um, was founded. And now I'm happy to share that we've officially been registered in the state of California. All right. Um, we are planning on opening an expansion office in San Francisco. So, but more information will come about that, you know, as time goes on. I don't want to say too much about it right now, but I definitely want to let, you know, um, my American listeners or my American sports fanatics that, um, or anybody who's my network in the USA within the sporting industry that um, we will have a presence in San Francisco. Um, that, you know, we will be opening up an office and uh, yeah, I mean, I look forward um to working with American clients. Obviously, this means that I will be, I will be um, becoming a USA licensed football or soccer agent as well. Let me say soccer because I don't want to say football and confuse the people with American football. So this means that I will soon be registered under the USA as well as a registered soccer agent. So I'm going to be able this is going to be a great opportunity to work with U.S. players, Japanese players, South African players and try move players around um, into each different, you know, market, you know, because predominantly, I mean, as much as my ultimate goal is to be a global sporting agent, the three markets that I predominantly want to focus on is definitely, you know, Japan, um, the U.S. market or North America at that and then Africa, you know. South Africa, Uganda, shout out to my peeps in Uganda, man, Nigeria, Cameroon, those sort of countries, you know, because I've already established such good connections with um, other footballing agents within those regions as well. So it, will be, it would be good to definitely making sure that I'm serving those markets. But anyway, like I said, more information, I'm going to share more information about, you know, um, these wonderful news or, you know, the, the, these expansion news about the agency, um, more in coming episodes, you know, and the one thing that you also got to know is that our sports agency, um, athlete network, like our athlete social network is also taking off. And it is actually the reason why we were able to, to get the expansion, the opportunity to expand to the U S um, but like I said, more info to follow within due course. All right, moving on. So today we're talking about just the impact of, you know, um, the league, you know, when teams get relegated. All right, so just in looking at it first, um, we're going to, we're basically going to talk about the pros and cons of you know, the whole relegation system and, and so forth and so forth and so forth, okay? And I know traditionally, when you're talking about pros and cons, you mostly start with the pros. The advantages, nah, we're not doing that today. Today, I actually want to start with the cons when it comes to the relegation system. Now, for those who aren't familiar with the promotion relegation system, obviously, this is to people that you know, don't really follow sports that much. Um, so when you're talking about promotion relegation, you're basically referring to a team that's either coming from the bottom divisions and trying to fight their way to play in the top division. Um, that's a team getting promotion. And then relegation is a team that was in the top division and, may, you know, mostly because of poor performances are now being forced to drop down basically a division and go play either in the second or third division and so forth. All right. So that's the relegation part. Um, so in looking at this whole process, we're going to talk about the cons of the relegation system, you know. So when a team is relegated, you know, um, the one thing that people don't understand is that how this impacts the league in general is that when a big name brand team is relegated to the second or third division, the league loses a certain fan base. 
you know they lose a certain fan base and this can you know this can actually be quite financial this this could have negative financial implications on the league because imagine the let's you know scenario wise let's look at a top division let's say for argument's sake in the top division we'll use a big brand um, soccer name like let's say maybe Manchester United Imagine if things got so bad for Manchester United that they had to be relegated. Can you imagine the amount of revenue the English Premier League would lose? Because die-hard Manchester United fans, they aren't going to you know, stick around and watch the English Premier if their team is not playing in the English Premier League. What would in turn happen is that the Championship, which is the second division from the, um, from the Premier League, you'd find that their fan base would increase because diehard fans, not, fa- not flaky fans, diehard fans will always follow their team regardless of where they play. You know, so these are, you know, so these are the cons of leagues losing big brand um, teams is the fact that they're going to lose a large percentage of a fan base. You know, um... Yeah, the league will definitely take a financial hit in terms of um, probably merchandising as well. You know, match day tickets and so forth. You know, and another con about this is the fact that now, all right, fine. You know, honorably speaking, let's say a new team is now entering this this league and they're coming from the lower division. You got to understand that. This newly promoted team, it's going to take time for it to really get settled in its basic, like basically its new environment, its new market. Because half the time when the teams, unless it's a team that was once in the top division, that's more understandable because that means that, um, you know, the fan base or soccer lovers are a little bit more familiar with it. But now when you're talking about a team that literally has been clawing its way, man, through the trenches, really trying to get up to the top divisions. And they finally make it to the top division. The con about that is the fact that nobody knows them. And half the time, the players that they come up with, nobody knows those players as well. You know? So... (laughs) It really, it, it takes time for, you know, for, for the league fan base to adopt these newcomers now because everyone is still bitter about the team that's now gotten relegated. So it's, the transitional period can be costly for the league because now the league has to make sure that they, they do their best to market this team. Because as much as, and the league will never deny this, like the, um, the league federations will never deny, what makes them profitable are the the team brands that exist under their umbrella. You know, so when they now got these newcomers that are unknown, you know, it um it takes it takes a long time for them to get a, you know, um basically a return on that investment because the league still needs to give these guys money um you know, they need to to give them a percentage share so to speak because of the you know TV revenue and so forth and so forth and so forth and all the revenue the league will be making basically on behalf of all the teams under their umbrella you know it all goes back again to the use of the image rights the use of the name the use of the likeness of the team so it's NIL for the teams as well which the league gets to use to make a profit for themselves and what they do is they distribute a certain percentage to the teams you know, TV money and streaming money and so forth. But now they've got to be paying this money to teams that are unknown. They're not even sure how the fan base of that team is. You know, so it's, it's a touch and go situation. It really is. But let's look at the pros of, um, you know, the whole promotion relegation system. When I look at the pros now... Um, I guess the the pro that we could look at is the fact that new arriving teams, you know, they tend to bring, um, you know, new and exi- like a new and existing fan uh, fan base. For example, again, like I'm saying, 
if it's a team that was once in the top division, they get relegated and then they're coming back to the top division. That's actually a plus for the league because um, if it was a team that had a massive brand, now you're bringing um, the fan base, the existing fan base, and chances are there might be a conversion of new fans. Obviously, these won't be diehard fans. These would maybe be just fans that have moved to that certain city and like, all right, there's a team that plays in the premiership division. Boom. Um, They're like, all right, fine. Since I'm new in the city, I'll adopt this team and I'll root for them. That kind of thing. You know, for example, let's say a guy moves from, I don't know, from Cape Town. I'll, I'll, I'll make a South African example. A guy moves from Cape Town to Johannesburg. Um, and let's say he's not, the, he's not a diehard soccer fan. So for, for him, it would make more sense to root for either Kaiser Chiefs or Orlando Pirates rather than rooting for Cape Town City FC, who he'll never get to watch unless he travels to Cape Town, unless he travels home back to Cape Town. You see? So those are the conversions that I'm talking about that, you know, these new teams are able to sometimes get. You know, and another thing, man, is that new teams also bring, how can I say, they also bring, a, they're also like a breath of fresh air, man. Just bringing something new, something different to this new league and environment and stuff like that. And especially if they're like a new team that is there to fucking play football. If they're a team that's there to play soccer and not muck about and not, you know, fool around. And let's say when they get into the league, they just start bodying and, you know, um, taking down giants and beating these big, you know, these big teams. Then that gives them a little bit more credibility. And then they sort of like become a fairy tale story. You know, these newcomers in the league, these underdogs, and I mean, these guys are tearing it up and they're busy, you know, they're upsetting all these big teams. So that is one of the pros that is, um, I guess, that sort of motivates the promotion relegation system. And that promotes most of these um, league federations around the world to make sure that they have a promotion and relegation system is so that they can give the underdog team a chance to come in and just, you know, shake things up a little bit. So I do get that. I do get that. And again, if it's a team that that is coming with an established brand or uh, maybe they had a big brand in the lower divisions and now they're bringing that brand to the big time, it's a win-win for both the league and the team because both parties are able to really... Ride the wave, so to speak. You know, they're able to ride the wave. They're able to capitalize financially on it. You know, so it becomes lucrative for both parties. And again, like I said, some of the um, incoming teams, if they have the budget, some of them try their best to recruit a few marquee players, maybe a few guys, you know, who might be playing for the national team. And you'll probably find that they might, um, play around with their salary cap and make sure that they can pay these marquee players to basically boost the brand of the team. And when these players are performing, or you know what, or sometimes they might not even try get the marquee players. Maybe they might believe in their own homegrown talent where they can be like, you know what, we're going into the big times now. We're actually going to breed our own superstars. And sometimes, and I mean, that's even a better story. What better story than, you know, um, than to have a superstar kid which came up the academy of this team that's now coming to the big time. You know, so now you've got these kids that are playing well, the team's winning and stuff like that. And remember, when superstars are born, that also becomes um, financially beneficial for the league because, again, the league is able to leverage and use these superstar players, um, you know, image rights, name rights and likeness rights to promote the league domestically and internationally. You know, so and again, this this is this is in no way saying that um, the players don't benefit from this. No, this is not college sports. This is not NCAA shit. No, no, no. 
when a league is benefiting from a player's um, from the use of a player's of a professional soccer player's image rights, name rights, and likeness rights, the player is also compensated. You know, so this means that if there's merchandise being sold, you know, in terms of jersey sales, the player is getting a percentage of that. You know, if the T, if uh, the league is using the player's image rights to promote, especially to overseas markets, the players are compensated for that as well. Because it's the use of the image rights, um, name rights and likeness rights. You know, so that's why leagues get so excited when they get marquee players like uh, Lionel Messi's and the Cristiano Ronaldo's. Um, who else? That's why, like, for Japan, it was so paramount that they get a guy like Andre Iniesta, you know? Because by having these guys play in this league, it, you know, it boosts um, the share price and the stock of the league. And what it ends up doing, it, it ends up attracting more high-class talent. You know, so imagine how excited, you know, the French League One was when they heard that Lionel Messi was going to be playing in their league. Imagine how excited the English Premier League was when they found out that Cristiano Ronaldo was returning to the league. You know, it was financially beneficial for them because they could leverage and market that to the rest of the world. That, listen, you'll definitely want to tune in, whether it's, you know, via streaming, whether it's through watching on television or whether it's attending game day um, performances but you'll want to tune in to the English Premier League because guess who's back you know so again not to go off too tangent and focus on the superstars the point that I was trying to make is the fact that um, when these teams that have been newly promoted into a higher league are able to produce superstars this becomes a financial win for the league as well all right. Um, I would say that at least a good 80-90% of professional soccer leagues in the world use the promotion relegation system. You know, because of the drama and the fairy tale story that it produces that, um, as I said earlier, that you've got these newcomers who come in, shake things up and just cause havoc. All right, but I'll tell you that there's <laughs> there's one league in the world that I know does not entertain such, and that is Major League Soccer in the United States. In fact, most of the professional, um, most of the professional leagues, sports team, I mean sports, yeah, sports leagues in the USA, they don't have the promotion relegation system. And the reason for that is the fact that you got to remember, this is a privately owned league. The MLS is privately owned. Um, the USL, I think, falls under um, United States soccer. But yeah, Major League Soccer is privately owned. So that means it's a billionaire boys club, you know. And I mean, in all honesty, which billionaire do you know will take kindly to knowing that, okay, if his team loses um, or doesn't perform to a set um, requirement that there's chances are that they're going to be relegated which billionaire will do you think will fucking take that they're going to tell you man you can relegate these nuts they're not going to take that and that is why um major league soccer is so profitable you know i had one friend of mine um who said on facebook that you know a lot you know, he was saying that South African, um, South African soccer should probably adopt the same system as the MLS because the MLS is so profitable, yada, 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 yada. And I said to him that I get that and I'm actually with you. But the question that you need to ask, that we need to ask ourselves and that South African football needs to ask itself is if they're going to try to adopt the MLS system, are they okay with doing away with the promotion relegation thing. Which means that all the teams that are now playing in the PSL are always going to be there. Regardless if a team ends last, regardless if a team flipping loses all games during the season, they're not going anywhere. And that is pretty much how the MLS is able to maintain and have stability is the fact that the teams that are in the league, they never leave. 
So by them never leaving, the fan base doesn't disappear. And obviously, you know, with these teams and, you know, always employing um, and expanding, you know, and getting tech, like tech-savvy um, operational staff, they're always thinking of ways to market their teams and to grow the team brand. You know, and the MLS has been in full swing for years now. So just imagine how much each individual brand of the teams that play in the MLS has grown in the last couple of years. It's astronomical because they've never been relegated. So by that happening, that means that they never lose sponsors. The sponsors always remain there. And, you know, so, and that also means that, honestly, they're never under pressure. They're never under pressure. They know that, okay, fuck, if they lose a ton of games this season, fine, maybe some sponsors might not re-sign and, you know, they might lose a few, but it's not the same as what happens when a team gets relegated. Shit, they really lose sponsors. In this case, it's a matter of, okay, we've lost um, a lot of games. All right, they go back to the drawing board and then they, they you know, they search who they're going to draft and so forth and so forth. And then they draft new players for the next season. Hopefully these are the guys that can come on and turn things around. You know, so that's pretty much how things work um, in a non-relegation type of league. And like I said, according to my research, the US, in the US, Major League Soccer is the only professional soccer tournament that does not have a promotion relegation system and that's purely because it's privately owned you know um the rest of the world they mostly work on a promotion relegation system um mostly because it's mostly a business decision and it's also it's all in the name of fairness to give other clubs that are performing well in the lower divisions an opportunity to sort of come up and show what they have shake things up you know um, yeah, so I mean, that's pretty much a podcast. Like, if you were to ask me my opinion, like which one I would prefer, I honestly couldn't answer you because I honestly believe that it depends on the ownership structure. Just like if it's a privately owned league, I totally understand why they do away with promotion relegation because they know relegation is costly, guys. It's costly on the league and it's costly on the teams. Especially on the teams, because the teams lose a ton of money. TV money, streaming money, um, match day money, you know, ticket sales. Especially because of the fact that they're dropping a division lower. Sponsorships. You know, it's expensive to get relegated. So <laughs> I totally understand why in a privately owned league, they would opt not to do that. But then again... But then again, if we're now talking about the ownership structure where it's owned by a country's um, governing federation, like, you know, owned like SAFA and um, the, the FA, like in, in, the, in the UK and stuff like that, I totally understand when they have a promotion relegation system. Because again, who doesn't like um, an underdog triumph story? You know, from a moral perspective, I totally understand why that type of um, system is in place. But yeah, in, in my opinion, man, it's a really tough one because it makes business sense on both ends. You know, it really does make business sense on both ends. But I do think that it depends on the ownership structure. Um, if I would have to choose, though, in all honesty... I do choose the promotion relegation system because I do believe that in giving a team that's been performed, like a team from the lower divisions, a chance at the big time, it's, you never know. Um, it's a life-changing opportunity in business and for the players as well. You know, they get their shine. It's an opportunity for, um, and it's all, you know, it's an opportunity for obviously for, for more money to be earned by the team and more money to be made by the league. You know, so I think there's too many, there's a lot of winners all around. Whereas <laughs> in the privately owned 
um, in the privately owned space, you know, the big winners in that are obviously the team owners. It serves the team owners more than it actually serves, um, you know, the other stakeholders involved within the team. You know, so yeah, from a moral perspective, I definitely choose the promotion relegation system. But again, man, to each his own, um, to each his own. I really do believe that the reason why American sports, American sports teams, American sports leagues are able to make, you know, millions and billions of dollars is because um, of their structure, you know. And I never like to compare the MLS too much to the English Premier um, and this is solely because, solely because you also need to understand that Major League Soccer in South Africa is like the sixth choice sport. Number one is obviously American football. Number two is the NBA. Um, number three is ice hockey. Number four is Major League Baseball. So I would say soccer is either number five or six. And again, depending on which state you're in, because I know lacrosse is actually quite a popular sport as well. You know, so it just all depends, man. Um, but yeah, now shout, shout out to all. And then I mean, South Africa, soccer used to be number one. But rugby took over as a number one sport. I think cricket is number two now. I think soccer has been relegated to number three, you know. And I remember seeing a picture, man, a few weeks ago where they showed the attendance at a Springbok rugby game versus an attendance to a Bafana Bafana game, man, that was, that was really sad to see. Especially if you're a 90s kid like me, like if you're born in the 80s and grew up in the 90s, just like I was, where you got to see on TV how packed stadiums used to get during a Bafana Bafana game. Because those guys were winners. Those guys were playing quality soccer. You know, so yeah, man, I, I really hope um, things just get in order, man. Safa must get their house in order. Um, because when South African players are performing on the world stage, it also makes our jobs as agents that are out here in the world, we're also able to market these players to clubs overseas, especially here in Japan, man. There are no, currently, as it stands, there's zilch, no demand for players from South Africa. When, ja when Japanese clubs think African players, their minds automatically go to like Cameroon, Nigeria, Senegal, Ghana, um, Kenya. Those are the countries over the past decade that have produced quality players to come over and play in Japan. You know, so shape up South Africa. I'd really love to, you know, be, play, play my part in getting the first South African to come over and play in Japan. In the 25 years of the J-League's professional existence within um, Japan professional football, there's never been a South African that's come to play here. And I want to change that. It's time to open the, the gates, man. There's so much soccer to be played worldwide, and I'd love to be instrumental in creating that opportunity for that South African kid to come over and live their dream. Japan is an amazing country. It's an amazing country. And it pays well too. <laughs> the professional football year pays well, you know. So, um, but obviously not only giving a South African kid, like I said, shout out to my people, men in Uganda. They, they were like, when my show blew up, my show blew up in Uganda first before it blew up in South Africa. So I'm always going to have love for people from Uganda. And I'd love to create an opportunity for Ugandan players as well. Can, you know what? Anywhere in Africa, man, where you're quality and you've got a quality CV, quality video footage, get at me. And let's get this working. Let's work. You know. But anyway, guys, yeah. So back to my point. So um, that was the point of the podcast was just to just have a football so, um, you know, slash soccer discussion where we talk about just the impact on the league when it comes to uh, teams getting relegated. It's an expensive procedure. Um, and yeah, and that's pretty much the point of the show. Remember, we talk about the business side of professional football. All right. 
All right, guys, I'm about to get out of here, man. It's a, it's a chilly Saturday evening out here in Japan. Summer is definitely a thing of the past. Um, it's actually been quite cold over the past couple of days. Um, but yeah, man, we appreciate all seasons this side. Um, I can't believe, man, I'm, I'm about to complete my fifth year in Japan, you know. Five years have gone by very quickly. Um, it's been awesome. Um, but like I said earlier on the podcast, um, we're definitely going to be opening up an office in San Francisco. So as things are looking, I'm going to be between countries. And then obviously, we've got expansion plans to South Africa as well, but that's going to come in due course as well. You know, so yeah, exciting times, man, exciting times, exciting times. And I think as I expand as well, obviously, um, hopefully I'll be able to put together a good team of you know whether it's agents or scouts that will work with me and uh yeah man we're going to take over the sport um sports biz industry our way we're going to do it our way my way and uh yeah we're just going to win you know we're going to win with morals and values because i don't play that cheating shit i don't do the whole foul play thing i don't do that I don't do that. I I feel like I don't need to, you know. But anyway, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. This has been Sports Biz from an agent's perspective with your host, Zila. And before I go, thank you, thank you that you keep supporting the podcast, all right? Um, You can keep supporting the podcast by make sure you get your merch, man. Get your podcast merch. I'll drop the link on the description of the podcast um and shout out to our sponsors as well you know who um who keep the podcast running you know shout out to my protein shout out to Fila uk shout out to 365 uh games uk and um shout out to which is other sponsor oh yeah shout out to better help <laughs> sorry but I've, i mean they get mentioned at the beginning of the podcast um so shout out to the sponsors and like I said, in every single description of the podcast, I always link to their online stores. So for a shopping experience, for an amazing shopping experience and to get discounts, make sure you use the links that I provide on the description. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's well-established brand, so I feel like I don't even need to convince you guys, you know, well-established brands. Shout out to all those brands and uh, thank you for rocking with me. Thank you for rocking with the podcast. All right, guys, take care of yourselves and cheers. And remember our sporting slogan, man, for this podcast. We don't only talk sports. We lived it. We effing lived it. We fucking lived it. Right in this segment of our podcast, we actually want to talk about and promote our client and partner, Getafe Madrid International Football Academy. Right, this is an academy, football academy, soccer academy that is based in Madrid, Spain. Getafe recruits players between the ages of 15 and 17 years old. Players are able to learn from quality coaches from around the world, UEFA accredited and licensed coaches. Players are also afforded the opportunity to receive a quality education with the academy's partner school, Akinas American School. Right, so if players enroll with the academy and study up until they finish their diploma, they are able to obtain a diploma which is USA accredited. And when they obtain this, they are able to enroll and study at any university in the world. All right, so this is an amazing, amazing soccer opportunity for any young player who has ambitions of developing in a foreign market. Passports are open to every single individual in the world. 
all right a disclaimer about this uh, promotion is that i as a football agent that is registered in japan i do not represent players under the age of 18. my relationship and partnership is with the academy all right so with that being said i will only liaise with parents or legal guardians of young players so for anyone listening to this and wanting to find out more information you can find out by going to our website which is www.magsportsagency.net that is www.m-a-g-sportsagency.net all right over there all the information is displayed in terms of tuition and the application process obviously before players are accepted into the academy um, there are certain requirements that players need to meet in order to be accepted into the academy so only being talented as being a player that is simply not enough this is an academy that places an emphasis you know um, in education as well This is an academy that understands the importance of education as well. So what they strive to do is equip young football players with the skills they need to excel at a high level as professional soccer players, but also to have the education that is needed for life after a professional soccer career. All right. So this is an amazing opportunity and um, I would recommend it. I definitely recommend it. Madrid is an amazing city. Spain, the Spanish winters are the best winters because they don't get as cold as the rest of Europe. And this is an amazing opportunity for a young child to develop and mature as an athlete and an individual. All right. They will gain the exposure and they will be able to basically be based in one of the cities that is considered as one of the capital soccer cities of the world you know in the city they've got one of the biggest football soccer brands in the world in Real Madrid so if that doesn't inspire a young player I don't know what will all right so make sure you check out the website for more information and I look forward to hearing from parents and legal guardians who would like to take their child's Um, football career and educational um, career to the next level all right take care i'm looking forward to hearing from you all right so did you know that sports biz from an agent's perspective the podcast was actually parlayed from an ebook series that is available on amazon.com I get I bet you I bet you guys didn't know this but uh yeah that is the case um so when I started my journey as a sports agent I told myself that you know what I want to document this journey as it's actually happening all right and then that gave me the idea that you know what to start an ebook series and to just basically talk about my experiences um, in sort of like an ebook series all right so the ebook series that um, we completed last year was season 1 four episodes of season 1 where basically guys i talk about my journey in transitioning from being um, an athlete from being a player to actually getting into the business side of professional sports, right? I've always known that I wanted to be in the the business of professional sports once I stopped playing, but I didn't know how, all right? I bet there's a a lot of guys who are athletes or a lot of guys who are passionate about sports who actually want to become agents, but they don't know how to become agents. Okay, this is where I recommend, I recommend that you get um, my sports biz from an agent's perspective ebook series. 
all right that series literally details everything man it details um the process and it also details on how to get started um you know when you just want to open up your own shop your own agency how to prospect for clients all right and also um i also tell stories about the transfer window and i also tell stories about just my life in tokyo since i've been here all right trust me there's some epic stories that you would not want to miss that are over there but um all that aside the most important information that is on there is literally about how to get started as a sports agent and just how to navigate this journey because i don't have a mentor no one's mentoring me in this sports agency journey it's literally um through trial and error and it's literally just you know taking it day by day and going by instincts okay so make sure you get the ebook series man sports biz from an agent's perspective ebook series all right um and i wish you guys well on your journey man i wish you well on your agent's journey for any agent that's looking to come into the game or for any sports enthusiast that's looking to come into the game i wish you nothing but luck but make sure you get the ebook series <laughs> just kidding man but yeah i just thought i would um tell you guys about it because a lot of guys told me that they didn't know that my podcast was parlayed from an um an ebook series all right there was even a press release there was even like it was also in the media as well um because my podcast has just been catching on so much popularity here in asia and in the african continent and then the one person just contacted me and was like listen i saw sports biz from an agent's perspective on amazon was this a book i was like yep it was first a book before i made it into a podcast so anyway i thought i'd share that little story and uh yeah man i hope you guys go out and get it i definitely recommend it and you won't be disappointed many more seasons are coming as well all right cheers